cooking issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on Newsstand Studios from Rockefeller Center. Call in your questions to 917-410-1507. That's 917-410-1507. Joined as usual in the studio with Nastasia the Hammer Lopez. How you doing? Good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah? We got John over here. How you doing? Doing great, thanks. We got uh, Jackie Molecules over in California. Hey, what's up? I'm in Vegas, baby. Vegas? Vegas? Yep. Well, we'll come back to that in a second. And in our local booth here at Rockefeller Center, Joe Hazen. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? I'm doing all right. You know what? I have to say, uh, for as muggy as it is outside, and those of you that have joined the Patreon and can see the video, I am sopping in a pool of my own sweat. This shirt is actually three shades lighter than what it appears to be. Uh, and unfortunately, Joe had to move my helmet. Uh, and uh, how was that? It was fine. I actually touched the mask by accident that was inside it. Um, that was like, yeah. Uh, but uh, quick disinfectant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Senior Molecules, uh, what are you doing in Vegas? And are you having a good time? Are you uh, filming the second season of Hacks? That would be amazing. I'm definitely not doing that. Um, I'm having a fine time. It's it's a long story that has to do with basketball and NFTs, but I don't want to waste too much showtime going into that. Wait, are you one of so these NFT, are you one of these NFT people? I, I mean, what does that mean? That's a generalization. I mean, are you selling like a like a, a picture of your own nose hair for like eight billion Bitcoin or something? Isn't that what it is basically? Isn't that what an <laughs> NFT is? You sell a picture of your nose hair for a lot of Bitcoin. I mean, the NBA has its own uh, project where they they make moments of games, so they kind of make these videos of plays. It's it's a long, long story, wait, wait, but uh, explain, I am involved in that, ex- and I'm ex- here for that. Explain this to an old codger like myself. So someone, I don't even know who's playing because I don't follow sports, as Nastasia knows and hates about me, as, or she does. Uh, so someone does some sort of sweet, like, reverse slam dunk, and then I somehow now own that slam dunk? Yeah. Instead of a trading card, think of it as a video of the play. But it also acts as a token of your fanship. So if you have a certain amount of these or certain plays, then you get perks in the arena because they say, oh, you have this and you're this threshold level of collector. It's pretty nascent and new. Do you feel like we're living in end times, Jack? Do you feel like we're living in end times? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, I'm in Vegas, so every day feels like the end. Here, so, are the uh, are the buffets open? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> Actually, I've never been to that, Vegas. You got to go to the buffets. The buffets are an experience. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's you know, COVID times. I don't know about going there. I mean, I, I've never been to Vegas, but the only reason I would go is to experience the buffets. I don't gamble. I don't go to in general shows. You know, uh, so like. I mean, what else is well, there? I do There's a very buff- different Vegas. I don't know. I'm like off strip. I went to some great tiki bars. I went to a good Thai restaurant. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what I do when I'm here. Wait, I'm- so you're telling me that you live in Los Angeles, California, and you go to Correct. Vegas for Thai food. I'm just trying to well, clear this up. I to Vegas. That's why oh. I come. But if I happen to be here, you know, there's a good Thai restaurant that I like. Okay. All right. Because it just seems a little <laughs> bit ridiculous to go from L.A., to Vegas for Thai food. I'm just saying, like, if you're like, I'm going to Las Vegas because they got a buffet where for no apparent reason, every single piece of meat is A5 Wagyu. I'll be like, that sounds like Vegas. I go to that. That does sound like Vegas. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, 
Every single dish is brought to you by someone on clown stilts, and they have to get it down to the table without taking the stilts off. I'd be like, that sounds like Vegas. I would want to see that. You know what I mean? But like, and go to a Thai restaurant off this strip does not sound uh, like it's up to your uh, standards there, Jack. That's fair. Well, you know, I don't, I don't have clown stilt dinner money yet. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. one day. You pounding, uh, you pounding the bottles at cheap Merlot while you're out there, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Don't you have that NBA money? What do they drink? Are they all uh, popping bottles like it's a championship game out there? What's happening? Um, beers, I guess. I don't oh, know. Jesus. This is not week, the Vegas you know? I'm imagining. You like? I know. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, you really are disappointing me. Of course, it's very easy to disappoint me right now. I am in a rancid mood, and I'll tell you why. I have not slept in like three days. I don't know what it. And my dreams. Then when I do fall asleep, have been terrible. And of course, Nastasia, you're in one of them. Oh, God. We're doing a demo. <laughs> Listen to this. We're doing a demo. We're having some sort of wretched, wretched meal together where we're discussing the demo at a crappy diner. So far, it checks out, right? Mm-hmm. We go outside to load up for the demo, right? And it's, it's John's there, you're there, I'm there. Uh, I think there's a fourth. There's a fourth person. There's four people that need to make it to the demo. We, like the jerks that we are, have giant coolers full of stuff, right? And nothing is working right. So far, checks out? Mm-hmm. Okay. The car that you have rented, oh, that's right. Someone, I don't remember who, is driving the car, and the three of us are waiting outside, pulls up. Now, it's not a real car. Imagine, if you will, a miniaturized, like, clown car, kitty car version of, like, a Citroen DS. So there's, like, no room. It's like almost like three wheels almost, and there's no room for anyone but the driver. Our, our cooler doesn't even really fit in the back. And I'm like, Nastasia, four of us and all of our stuff need to get to this demo right now. Why did you rent this useless thing? I mean, maybe it's cute, but why did you rent this useless thing? And then, and here's what makes it the most Nastasia-like, and Nastasia, you'll appreciate this, I think, right? It drives off without us, and I'm like, where the hell did it go? And Nastasia goes, well... He had to go over to the hotel to pick up my stuff. I'm like, there's your stuff too? I was like so bent. I was so bent. So bent. Well, I mean, we could still get an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> but we had, we'd spent all this money on this obviously like fancy but ridiculous tiny car. I mean, mm-hmm. Doesn't that check out? Yeah. I mean, and only, we only do that in LA. Only. I don't remember. We go like hardcore crappy here. Oh, we're yeah. CNC music. Well, well yeah. it's not. It's called... For those of you that have never rented a car in New York, right? Like, if you don't have a lot of money, and if you've ever known anyone in film or production, you only rent from CNC rentals, right? Maybe Art 2. Art 2? Do they do that? No, they no. need a fancier truck. Art people need a fancier truck. Yeah. So CNC rental, you show up, and it's like, they don't ask for any ID, right, Stas? Uh, no, they, they do I don't, yeah. They do. You can rent, you rent these giant trucks. They don't. They don't ask you whether you've ever driven a truck of this size before. No. They just hand you this giant truck that may or may not work, and you drive around, but it's so much cheaper than, than the evil U-Haul people. Mm-hmm. I'll never, I, I, I try to never rent U-Haul, and I try to tell people never to rent U-Haul. If anyone out there works for U-Haul and wants to convince me differently, please tell me. But as far as I know, they're the worst, they're the worst rental company I have ever dealt with in my life. And let me tell you this. If you're going down the street, if you've never moved before, I mean, I don't know who you are or where you live if you've never moved before, but if you've never moved before and you see the sign that says, like, 1995, no, no. A U-Haul costs minimum 100 bucks. A, a U-Haul costs a minimum of, I'm going to say it again, 
a hundred bucks, at least here in yeah. New York, because they're like, well, if, uh, if you don't get the insurance, uh, and there's even one thing on it, you pay for I'm going to, I'm going to renovate the whole damn truck and you're going to pay for it. They're like, Oh God. So you pay for the insurance. It's 50 cents a mile, but by the time you're done, it's a hundred bucks. Anyone have a, 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 an alternate experience with them? No, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. And I, I say Not on the air accurate. once that one time I, I went to go rent there, I was moving my entire apartment. Now, for those of you that have never had the pleasure of moving an apartment in New York, you pull a, a truck up to your apartment and no one can easily get past you. So immediately the horns start going. You have the flashers. You have someone waiting down because you're going to get a billion tickets. It's a freaking nightmare in general, right? Yeah. Right. And, and you only have the truck because you can't afford to have the truck for two days because even though it's only $100, that's, that's all you had. You gave all the money to the person so that you could have your deposit. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Show up to the U-Haul. Not open. Line out the door. What the hell? About an hour and a half, two hours after I was supposed to have the truck, they open up. And the line now is like all the way down the block. And the reason every single person who was supposed to work in the U-Haul that morning was in jail. Get this. Separate incidents. Separate incidents. Then the manager, who they rousted out of bed to come open the U-Haul now, she's pissed at all of us as though it's our fault that her staff is in jail. Which one was this? uh, 125th and Broadway, 127th or whatever. The one that's above 125th Street on Broadway, right? Right next to the the overhead tracks. It's a big lot. They have a bunch of U-Hauls there. It's a good, I mean, theoretically, it's a good place to get a U-Haul. It's as big as the one over in Chelsea, you know? Anyways. So then, you know, finally, so I'm, I'm four hours late for moving, right? And again, my window is tight, right? I pull the truck up. I move all of my stuff down. John, you'll appreciate this from a fourth floor walk up. Oof. Yeah. Right. Get it into the truck. Get it to the new place. Put the key in to go return the truck. Turn the key in the door. What happens? Snaps. 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 (laughs) U-Haul is in the middle of the street. U-Haul is in the middle of the middle of 106th Street. Right. Snaps. I'm like. The hell was all your stuff in it or no? empty i don't remember it was this was a long time ago so i call up the u-haul and i'm like yo you need to come get your truck i think it was done i think it was over because i said you need to come get your truck the key broke off in the lock i don't know what to do you know what they said to me you ready for it even though i bought all the insurance you ready call a locksmith call a locksmith (laughs) what 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 i was like no i was like no, I think I eventually did have to call a freaking locksmith to get the freaking door open to return their truck. It was, I mean, the, the worst. Just don't rent from them. And, and every other occasion when you rent from them, you want the small truck, right? Because you always want the small one. My grandma's attic in it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And my grandma's attic was a real attic, people. My grandma had an attic, not some like weird. Actually, that's not true. My grandparents had a motor home with that little thing over it. And that's what I had to sleep in that time that Taffy wouldn't let me pee, which is why I hated that dog. But I will not go into that story again. So uh, they always then give you a giant truck you don't need, which then takes, you know, a billion times more gas. Nightmare. Do not rent from them. Rent from anybody else. Now, again, if any of you out there work for the U-Haul Corporation, and want to convince me that somehow eh, I have, maybe it's only every single U-Haul I've ever been to that is terrible. Maybe it's just New York ones. Maybe. Maybe. 
let me know. Let us know on uh, at, at Cooking Issues, and I'm willing to have you on the air to discuss it. And I will retract anything negative I've said about the U-Haul Corporation if, in fact, I am wrong. Oh, and the reason I'm in such a rancid mood and couldn't sleep is because this weekend I was cooking. I was doing an outdoor cooking thing for the book. By the way, I found a new grill. You you ready for it? It weighs two and a half pounds. Ready for this? It's kind of a a Sears All Light technology. I really appreciate the way it works. It's you know how like um those aluminum folding chairs, right? So it's imagine like thin versions of those like aluminum folding chair tubes that fold into like a like a like a square, and you open it, and it's got like four posts sticking up, right? Kind of can you picture it so far, like with Mm -hmm. X's in between the posts? Okay. Then it's got uh four angle pieces of aluminum angle, real light that almost look like like window frame angle or like, you know, like the bottom of a blackboard like that. And you slip them over the posts. All right. You with me now? Okay. So now you have the four posts with these four angle brackets and then they have a stainless steel mesh square, almost like a hanky chiff, right? With grommets. And you push that over the tubes and that's it. And the, that mesh like lets air up through to make the coals hot or the wood or whatever. But because air is going up the whole time, it doesn't get hot enough to melt. And then last but not least, they give you a little reflective uh, piece of like uh, reflective stuff to put on the bottom so that you don't light whatever you have it on on fire. And I was like, okay, I'll see what it can do. Right. And so I filled that sucker with 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 lump hardwood charcoal. And there's a little folding grill that fits on top of it so you can grill. It's kind of a little bit of a monster. Like you could go to the beach with that thing. Uh, you know, and it's and it's a lot cleaner and easier than lugging around uh, Nastasia's old favorite, the Smoky Joe. Remember the Smoky Joe? Yeah. The Smoky Joe is the miniature Weber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember when we lit that thing off inside the French Culinary Institute? Oh, jeez. We we were like, uh, we're like, I'm gonna grill these burgers for real, even though we're inside the French Culinary Institute. They're like, Dave, we can't do. It. I was like, Don't sweat it. And I brought the Smoky Smoky Joe in and put the sm- the chimney starter right under the hood. Oh, man, I can't believe I didn't get fired from that place. Eh, all's forgotten now because the school closed down. So anyways, so I'm cooking outside. Also, I cook some more Miracle Pork. We got to talk about, by the way, people. I know I've discussed the Miracle Pork several times, which is theoretically injected by, with duck fat by the Sam Weichsel Corporation. I've done some more research. This weekend, when I cooked my last batch of Miracle Pork, I could see the fat injection. So someone tweeted in and said, I don't believe that it is injected with fat. It is injected with fat. I could see the fat injection sites at, at certain places when I cut into it. I am going to start figuring out a recipe for the optimum injection of duck fat. And I I think they also inject it with like MSG because it's so damn good. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we ate that. I served it to everyone. I served it to Wiley, you know, Wiley, my sister-in-law, Miley. So that's, you know, chef, editor in, you know, chief founder of the Food uh, Network magazine and like, you know, the rest of the family. And they were all like, what the hell is this? What the hell is this? This pork's a miracle. So I got to figure out how to make it out of, because Sam Weichsel is completely un, uh, what's it called? Un, unreliable. I, you know, we waited like months. Remember, John, we waited months to get the, 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 the miracle pork. And yep. now, yeah. Speaking of waiting months, you know what's coming up? I had my first real tomatoes of the season. It's going to be, it's going to be Aunt Ruby's time soon. And uh, I'll talk to you about them after I have. I'm going to shoot that for the book. So anyway, so I'm outside. And as anyone who knows me knows, I was completely covered from head to foot, right? I have my sneakers. I have my darn tough wool socks on, long sleeve shirt, a uh, leather, uh, sorry, a a fur felt uh, hat, right? Broad brim. I was out there because I was cooking outside. The next day, 
I have the worst bug bites I have had in decades. Okay, now listen. Again, for people who don't know me, I am usually covered head to toe in DEET. I believe in DEET. DEET is a miracle. DEET, D-E-E-T, is God's gift to human. I love DEET. I like used... People used to joke around, my family would joke around that my cologne is DEET. Like I was just made of DEET, 100% DEET, DEET everywhere, wow. right? Yeah, DEET, right? Problem is this, it used to be that I only wore natural fiber clothes. But now that I have more of these kind of technical, uh, you know, synthetic clothes, DEET will eat straight through them. Like if you spray DEET on like, you know, sneakers or if you spray DEET on like uh, uh, synthetic pants, it'll just chew a hole straight through them. Same with like a lot of raincoats and whatnot. So I've moved to Picardin, right? But I didn't have the extra thing of Picardin because I packed it for Dax because he was going to camp. So I forgot to put on bug spray and I went out early in the day and cooked all the way through till nighttime. But here's the weird thing. See if you guys, anyone out there is a bug specialist. I only got bit on my feet and my knuckles, not on my legs. I mean, my hat is 100% DEET at this point after years of spraying it with DEET. So I'm sure nothing bit me in the head. What only bites you in the feet when you're wearing shoes and socks? What is that? What is that? Or on the knuckles. So I haven't been able to sleep because it just itches so much. It feels like poison ivy. It's the worst. So that's why think, I'm in a terrible mood. I don't think mosquitoes are going to get through your socks and your shoes. I know. So what is it? Maybe while you were sleeping. No, because then then they would have gotten more of me. Like, because I I got nothing on my on my arms, and I was you know I wearing a t shirt and sleeping chonies when I was sleeping. They would have gotten my legs. I don't know. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. I would if we were further south, I would guess chiggers, but I don't think we have those up here. I don't even know what a chigger is. It's a small spider related mite uh-huh. that 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 is nasty and makes terrible terrible bites. All right. Miguel Kuntz says, uh, and this is a follow-up from last week. In a, in a couple weeks ago, you briefly mentioned how oil works to desiccate the surface of something that is being sautéed and therefore assists in achieving a crispy texture. On that note, crispy, always good, right? Always good, crispy? Have you ever used crispy to yeah. mean something bad? No, right? No. Always no. good. All right. What about golden brown? Golden brown. Always good, right? Yeah, when could that be bad? When could that be bad? I I wrote the words golden brown in the book. And as I wrote them, I was like, this is never bad. Like golden brown is like always good. Like there's rich and golden brown. It just sounds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Maybe I should call the book something like how to make something crispy and golden brown instead of the miracle of moisture management. My editor was like, I don't know about this moisture thing. I mean, she doesn't talk like that. But, you know, oh, by the way, people, I got some not safe for radio stories uh, relating to my old editor, Maria Guarnaschelli. Amazing. Right, Stas? We can't talk about him, but. Oh, Oh, man. man, What a tease. Uh, I know. That's me. (laughs) That's me. Big tease. Wow. Uh, all right. I'd love to hear uh, you get into the weeds more on the mechanism of a crispiness. I'm guessing this will take up a large part of the miracle of moisture management. That's true because it's not just keeping moisture in. It's also getting the moisture out. Therefore, you can create the crispiness on the outside of things. Now, John uh, or Joe or Nastasia or Jack, uh, why don't you guys talk to me about crunchy versus crispy? Crispy oh. is more fried chicken. Crunchy is more Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Huh, 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 huh. Hmm. Well, crunch continues, right? I think of crisp, I think of like the first 
bite of a crispy exterior, but crunch is kind of like. Does that make sense? It's a, in what, what Joe? What do you got? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's kind of hard. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm not sure. Um, crunch versus crisp. I mean, like a like a potato chip's got crunch and crisp, right? Hmm. I don't eat fried chicken, so I don't really. In general, or just you don't do chicken? I don't like chicken on a bone. Oh, you know what? Wow. Neither does my wow. wife. Do you know all of my chicken is boneless, including the legs? I make something called a leg ball. Wow. Ooh. So here's how the leg ball works, people. I'm going to give you this secret, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it. So what you do is is uh, I do uh, the standard eight-part chicken, all right? Eight-part chicken means legs, thighs. That's four. Breast, breast, breast wing, wing. Eight, eight-part chicken. And then the back is not considered one of the parts, right? Well, they usually keep the back in or if, if they're going to do it on the bone. So I do two boneless breasts. I typically don't take off the tenderloins unless I'm doing some – unless I'm doing a turkey where the tenderloins are huge. And then I also cut the breasts in half, all right? Okay, I leave the wings in the bone. But when I take off the thigh, you take off the thigh leg pieces at the same time. You then slice directly uh, through the joint between the thigh and the leg. That's the most satisfying part of chicken butchery, by the way. Like the most satisfying part of chicken butchery. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, I don't mind. Like, we, so we, when you when you do the first slice on uh, when you're taking the leg off, right? So you you bend the leg away from where the breast is, and then you you nick the skin closer to the legs. You want to keep a lot of skin on the breast, right? And you push in and then when the whole thigh peels away from the, from the body and you flip it over and go pop and then cut that oyster out of the back, also satisfying moment in chicken butchery. But when you just lay that thigh leg down on the table and you just take that knife and it just goes whoosh and just goes right down to the cutting board, right through that knuckle joint because you hit the cartilage just right. Most satisfying portion of uh, chicken butchery. All right, so uh, so then what you do is you take the uh, take the get get you get you your kitchen shears. All right, take the kitchen shears, grab the uh, grab the um, the leg. Right, point the point the 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 bone part that you just cut. Right, the part that attaches to the thigh. Point it at you and grab it like a, like what am I grabbing it like like a like a, like some kind of a, like a juice cup. Right, grab it like like fist it. You know, then take the shears and then go in and push the shears along the along the top of the bone, along the meat and go snip and do a snip like like push into where the tendons attach and go snip and then do four snips, snip, 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 snip in a circle around the, the bone. Turn it around so that the little ball right that you normally hold it by is there. Pull the skin down, you know, so that it's taut. And then snip the entire end of the bone off, right? And then, you know, make sure no bone flex get in there. Turn it around. Now, hold the thing. What, what is this like? Holding it like, hold it like you're holding a tennis ball in your hand where you hold all the meat back and all that's coming through like your hand is the, the fat end of the bone where you did the snips. Then grab the bone with the other hand, twist and rip it out. Where you try like your your one hand holding the meat is holding as much of the meat back as possible, and you rip that bone out, right? And now you have a boneless leg ball. And when you when you batter and fry the boneless leg ball, it turns almost into a perfect sphere. Especially if you brine it, it gets all nice and salt because the, the the brine gets into where you rip the bone out. The entire thing is this salty, delicious, perfect sphere of chickenhood. 
that let me tell you something. If you've never had a chicken ball, you're in for a treat. You're in for a treat. My recipe for Food & Wine magazine on fried chicken, right, which has, I don't know, like a lot of good reviews on it. I gave them explicit directions on how to do the full boning, including the leg balls. And they're like, too complicated, too complicated for our readers. And they omitted it. So, like, if you follow that recipe, which is real old school, that's like a 20, I've been making that recipe for like 25 years. So I'm sure, like, you know, I'm probably have changed. I got to go look at that recipe again. But uh, leg balls, I've been making for a long time. They're delicious. Okay. Are you going to try that tonight, Joe? I might. That's a great idea. Yeah. I might have to, like, yeah, go through this video again and kind of watch the way his hand movements <laughs> yeah, work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be in the book, by the Moisture Management book. So, Nastasia, I noticed that you somehow uh, didn't chime in with your crispy versus crunchy. What do you What do you feel the differences? No, oh, crispy. Uh, yeah, crispy's like fried chicken and crunchy's like, um, I don't know, like like Frosted Flakes. I agree with you. Wait, wait, wait. crispy is Frosted Flakes? Crunchy. Is frosted. Crunchy is Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Crispy is chicken. Yeah. See, for me... It's like, I think crunchy, for especially like a kettle chip, Joe, like on potato chips, I think those are crunchy, right? Do we all agree that like a kettle yes. chip is crunchy? Yeah. And like, for me, crisp is like almost like what a cracker does. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard, but when it breaks up, it doesn't break into sharpness maybe. But I could be wrong. Anyway, uh, I still have not answered your question, uh, Miguel. Um, as regards oil and advancing uh, crispiness, um, if I'm talking, I was talking about sauteing, it's probably just the fact that, uh, it's very difficult to get good contact between, uh, a dry pan and a, um, and, you know, and, and a food stuff. And in order to make something crispy, you need to desiccate it and you need a moisture, you need a, um, something that can conform to the surface of the product that you're trying to saute. And at the same time can get to high enough temperatures that it can boil away, uh, all of the water at the surface and also uh, transfer heat to it at the same time. So oil is the only real thing that can do that. You think that's what the I was talking about? Is that an answer? Yeah, that's an answer. It's, but you don't seem like... like I, well, I, I think it was... So, you know, I went back and listened to the episodes, which was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but two things that I think you could have been talking about were either the Abel Skeever and the that one listener was referring to, like, the like blanket on the, the, name, the Japanese term for those little... Little balls. Um, the, the uh, yeah, the uh, the takoyaki. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or that or fried chicken. What you? Well, the fried chicken, to. obviously, it's like like the like oil conforms. Oil has the ability to both conform to the surface and desiccate at the same time, and nothing else does. This is why frying is the greatest thing that's ever happened. You know, I mean, like I, I just love frying. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, if I didn't answer that, they'll come back. Come back, Miguel. If I didn't answer that, come back with. Like a very pointed question. I'll try to give you a pointed answer. Uh, Josh Seberg wrote in, I recently tried to make a milk punch in the Spinzol, and although the curds were separated, the drink itself was still quite opaque. By the way, I've been told that I say opaque wrong. How do you guys say it? Opaque. Opaque. And what do I say? What do you say, Joe? Opaque. What do I say? Opaque. Yeah, opaque. Am I, so you guys can hear something different from what I'm saying and what you're saying? Slightly. Because I can't hear it. I've been told by many people that I say it wrong. Did you put an I in it? What are you doing? I don't know. I also freaking say coupon. I mean, like. Album. Oh, I say that too. I, I say album. What do you say? No, you don't. What do I say? You say album. It's really weird. <laughs> it's really being weird. Wow. All right. What else do I say weird? I think that's it. Uh, I will occasionally bust out the nuclear. Oh, yeah. 
because oh yeah, as a result of nuking, right? It's nuking, nuke, and then Euler. You know what I mean? Nuke. I, I know it's nuclear people, but I I I definitely are you guys coupon or coupon people? Coupon. 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 Gosh. Coupon. Coupon. Oh yeah! Finally, someone. Yeah, Jackson yep. Coupon. Uh, Long Island, baby. Yeah, listen, I need to get. Have we discussed this on air? That that we we've discussed a million times the uh, steam cheese. So I won't bring that up because it'll make Nastasia even more angry. But have we discussed the flying nun cheese? I don't know. So you've been John to this restaurant, right? The one that makes the flying nun cheese in uh, Manchester, Connecticut. Connecticut oh. is such a treasure trove of weird little weirdnesses, right? So there's this restaurant called Shady Glen Creamery in Connecticut. I've never been, but now I'm dying to go. Here's what they do. They have a, like a chrome flat top. By the way, for those of you that have never cooked on a chrome griddle, do you know why chrome griddles are so nice? Anyone? 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 No. Emissivity. So what happens when you're uh, especially a very large surface, it's kept at a hot temperature, it radiates a lot of heat at you. Surprising amount of heat, right? Especially if you're keeping it up at like 375, 400, it's just spraying heat out at you. And radiant heat on a griddle is useless because because ra- griddles are 100% contact cooking, conductive cooking, right? So any radiant heat that's lost not only burns you, but is also wasted energy that you could use to get in the griddle hodl. So chrome griddles, for anyone that has one or used one, everyone knows that they're awesome as long as you keep them clean and don't dent them with, uh, you know, like uh, implements that you smack them too hard. So I think in Shady Glen, I think they have a chrome griddle, but I'm not sure. Uh, John's been, maybe he looked at it. So then you, 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 I, they press the burger, not too flat, not fat, flat, uh, smash burger style. That after they flip it, they take out not one, not two. Not three, four slices of whatever special blend American cheese they have. And they layer it like like tic-tac-toe, four pieces, right, touching in the center, right? So that so that over half of, the, of each slice of cheese is on the griddle, right? Then it like freakos up. It like gets all crispity, crispity, meltedy around the outside onto the to the to the griddle. Then uh, the the person takes their spatula and just goes shoop 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 and lifts them all four up into like a nun's habit shape, like like the flying nun. And then takes it off the griddle, puts it on the bun, and it stays up in the air like like a like a cross between the flying nun and and the feed me the feed me plant from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. And apparently everybody loves this dang cheeseburger who has it, but it's in Manchester, and who the heck has the time to drive an hour? away from anything that you've ever gone to to go to Manchester. And you've been there. What do you think about this burger? I liked it a lot. They also have very good ice cream. Yeah? Yeah. As good as the as the Yukon Dairy no. Stores ice cream? The Dairy Bar, no. There's another Central good. Connecticut thing I've never done. Apparently, Yukon has a really great ag department, and they have the cows, and then, like, you know, like a couple feet away from the cows, they have the, the ice cream store where they take the milk from the cows and make the ice cream right there. Yep. And from all accounts... On point. Very good ice cream. Yep. On point. Mm-hmm. Well, the people at Shady Glen took the ice cream course at stores. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I would like to have, if anyone out there, I would like to have an ice cream off between graduates of the Penn State ice cream program and the Yukon ice cream program in like like a like an ice cream, like ag school smackdown. Now, my grandpa, of course, old school Penn State, so I'm a little bit rooting for Penn State. 
in this. Even I've never been to either of their ice cream stores, but I've been to Cornell's ice cream store. It's pretty good. All right, enough on ice cream stores. Uh, wait, I didn't answer Josh Sheberg's question. All right. I recently about, made yeah. milk punch in the Spinzol, and all the curves were separated. The drink itself was still quite opaque. That's how we got off of this, the word opaque. Uh, I assume this has to do uh, not with it being filtered through a mat of proteins like, I, like it would be presumably if you were doing it through a super bag. Is there a workaround for this, or am I bound uh, to old-school drip process milk punching? Milk punching? Uh, well, in a Spinzol on... Uh, Absolutely clear milk punches are better done in batch mode. The good news is, is that batches are extremely fast. So you you only have to spin a milk punch in a Spinzol for like four to five minutes, turn it off and pour out that 500 mils and then go again. And so that's how I'm going to do it. And then if I need to do large amounts like gallons, then I will, you know, you can do it on a, on a super bag or do, do a double spin. Does that answer the question, John? Yep. Okay. Uh, Daniel Glover wrote in, uh, presumably a different Daniel Glover. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, For sure. Yeah. I mean, or you're not. You're, you're, the other one's a different Daniel Glover. I apologize. You're your own Daniel Glover. Anyway. Um, I had a question about uh, the lime quinine cordial from the cocktail class you did a while ago. So lime quinine cordial is where you take clarified lime juice, put peels into it, sugar, uh, you boil it, then uh, strain, then uh, you know get the, rid of the peels. Then you add enough extra acid to it to uh, take it up to the acidity of lime juice. Then, because remember, the sugar has diluted it. And then you add quinine so it can be used in things like tonic syrups and whatnot. As a tonic syrup, I should say. Um, oh, I had another thing about that. A turn, did you know I was running some tests and that if you have a different sugar that you're going to add to a product and you're going to bottle it and you want stabilized cordial flavor, you can boil the lime juice without the sugar and then add it to your batch and it gets that stabilized cordial flavor even with peel, even though you haven't boiled it with the sugar. I just ran that test a couple of uh, weeks ago. So... You're welcome if that was an issue for you. Um, I'm getting married on September 5th and have to come up with a signature cocktail. I was wondering if it is possible for me to order this cordial somewhere. Thanks, Daniel. Yes, and congratulations on uh, on the marriage. Hopefully the Delta variant doesn't hose you guys down and you have a fantastic wedding. Go to uh, gush.com. That's G-U-S-H dot com. And they, I know for a fact that they just made a new batch of quinine lime cordial. And it should be on sale, if not now, tomorrow, or email them, and you can get it there. And I'm sure they made enough for the whole wedding. I wow. Hope. Andrew Cuomo just resigned. No. Really? Well, well, at least I know you were looking up news on your phone while we were busy doing our jobs. But uh, did it? Uh, I didn't think he was going to resign. Me neither. I mean, it's not a political show, but I just didn't think he was going to resign. Yeah. Joe? Same. <laughs> Staying out of it? I'm not saying whether you're for or against it. Did you think he would resign? Yeah, Yo, you don't want to get into even that. He's not. He's not. He's shaking his head. Yeah, uh, I didn't think he would. I, I don't think. He, I thought he was going to hang on to the last. You know. Yeah, man. I thought he was going to like keep his fingernails in the desk, mm-hmm. and they were going to have to pull him away. Wow. Well, yeah. 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 You know, his brother was at Yale in my residential college the year above me. Mm-hmm. I only met him once. He was trying to find a friend of mine. So when I started going out with my wife. I, uh, I still lived in the dorms, 
and I wanted to be able so I had like a, a decent Macintosh at the time and it had all of the games on it that people wanted. So this friend of mine named John Morning lived in the in the in the room next to me through our fire doors. We all had fire doors, right? And so I, you know, I needed to move the bed because, you know, my, you know, the person who's now my wife was coming over to my room and I, you know, but I wanted John Morning to still be able to like come into the room to play my Macintosh because, you know, I didn't want to like bogart my computer because he had gotten used to being able to use my computer. So I took a circular saw and I cut my fire door in half like a Dutch doors, right? And added like a little extra support bottom hinge so that you could just leave the bottom section shut. And I left the doorknob on the top section and it swung right over my bed. So like you would just open the fire door over my bed, walk over my bed and go use my computer. And so the only time I met uh, Chris Cuomo was when he knocked on, flung my, the, the Dutch door open, was like, morning in here. I'm like, nah, dude, John's not here right now. I was like, all right. And that was it. It's my only Cuomo. There we go. It's my only Cuomo. Um, all right. Will Robinson wrote in, hey, uh, Dave, Stas, John, Jackie, M, and Joe. Uh, in the post-pandemic world, I work uh, prep at a farmer's food market in the Midwest for a small pasture-raised meat farm. Uh, as such, I'm always looking to cook the underused cuts from the market. Our current contender is lamb fries. Uh, you guys know what lamb fries are, right? Mm-mm. No. These nope. nuts. No. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's lamb balls. <laughs> lamb balls. <laughs> That's one of those euphemisms, <laughs> lamb fries. I think Will knew like this and just wanted me to go say, do some D's nuts. Wow. I like what he says next, too. We have a veritable sack full of them in the freezer. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. This is good. I have a copy of McLoggin's book. I don't have that. Look, John, look up that book. Uh, and found her applications delicious, but not particularly marketable. Any recommendations? So my question here, first of all, I'll have to say, that uh, the only time I've ever cooked balls of any sort, I completely ruined them. Like, uh, do, how many times, Stas, are you an old Val Kilmer fan? No. Did you watch this thing? Is that why you're talking about it? No. Mm. Uh, but do you remember the movie Top Secret? No. Oh, anyone here? Joe's got some Top Secret. Joe knows. Yeah, of course. Yeah. There's like a few of Top Secrets. Really? Well, okay. the original one with, uh, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the French resistance guys, chocolate mousse, and the then, news, yeah. and uh, surf Nazis must die. I mean, like, you know, it's classic and it's early Val, early Val Kilmer. I'm sure it hasn't aged well, but, you know, anyway, so he's in this restaurant uh, and he doesn't understand. I forget whether it was French or German, this restaurant. He doesn't understand what's ordering. So he orders hog balls and it, it comes to a, pl- the platter comes with a bunch of flaming hog balls on it. So I saw that. And I was like, I'm going to cook some hog balls. And so, like, when I did a medieval feast, I, like, there was a recipe. One of the medieval feasts I did with my mom, there was a recipe for hog balls. But I completely ruined them because there was no internet. This was in the early 90s. I mean, there wasn't internet. But there wasn't, like, internet recipe for hog balls. It was easily searchable on Excite. You know what I mean? Which is what you were using at the time. And so I didn't know to peel the outer membrane off of the nuts and so you have to you have to take the, the the nuts and you have to slice the top and the bottom, remove the outer membrane and the epididymis, and then you have the 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 gland in there, right? And then that you're supposed to then soak that sucker in like well, depending like uh, to get rid of kind of if you if, if you don't want that more livery flavor, soak it in water or milk for a while to kind of leach out some of the leach out some of the gaminess, right? 
and and then you slice it. And I think you're not supposed to cook it for too long or it's going to get real tough, right? So typical recipes are fried, right? So you salt it first, you know, you know brine it, get some flavor into it, are, are um, fried, sliced and fried or skewered and kebobbed, right? But definitely not like boiling them. They were the chewiest nuts, they were like chewy, nasty nuts. And we were all like, okay, thank God I had a lot of other good food. Thank God. So again, I was so traumatized by the one time I cooked hog balls that uh, the other one that you can buy in uh, Chinatown all the time that I could not get to taste good was, uh, this is how it's marketed. So I'll, I will write, I will say exactly what it says on the package. Beef pizzle, beef pizzle. No. Beef pizzle. <laughs> uh, I was not able to make it taste good. I try. In fact, you, Stas, you took it to a party once as an oh, FU. God, that's true. Yeah. How was it? I don't think it was good. <laughs> you like, yeah. for some reason, Nastasia is going to a raw meat potluck. Remember this? Someone, someone threw a potluck where they're like, bring something to put on the grill. Yeah. And you were like, okay. <laughs> and you brought a styro packed thing of beef pizzle i remember we walked over to the to the market the one on uh, hester and uh and um uh what's that hester and uh elizabeth right uh, it's changed its name since then and you walk over to the case and you're like that's it and you grab the beef pizzle and you, say, you put it in your bag i wonder whose party it, it was, was in long island because you were like it was sitting on the train for like hours in my bag whoa Oh, beef pizzle, beef, beef, beef pizzle. So back to these nuts. Um, <laughs> listen, I mean, you, if you're not able to sell them fried, first of all, like there's a whole cultural shift here, right? So like a lot of like, I think a lot of women don't care, right? But like men are like, oh, I can't eat nuts. But then like a lot of other men, like depends on your culture, right? Or like, if I eat the nuts of something that I think is strong, my nuts will become strong. You know what I mean? So like they they like like it all depends on what kind of culture you're in, um, but you know, people eat a lot of Rocky Mountain oysters in the uh, in the in you know over in Denver. They even sell them apparently at the at their uh, what's what's that thing stadium? You know what I mean? And those are breaded and fried. If you can't sell that, what about you grind it up and just make it into like a lamb scrapple? Like make a lamb scrapple and just grind up the nuts into them, and then along with other pieces of meat that you have left over, some sage, some rosemary in that sucker. Some uh, cornmeal. I mean, you don't have to say nuts mm. on it if you're making a scrapple. And everybody loves scrapple. I mean, isn't that what um, what the um, the beverage uh, Red Bull is? It's taurine. So it's like, isn't it bull semen or bull balls that are? I don't know, I man. No I, don't know about that. I had no idea. I don't know. If you look up taurine, I believe that's what it is. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's like a cur- I think I think the fact check on that comes back saying the opposite, but I do remember hearing oh. that Red Bull gives you nuts. <laughs> now we're getting to a constituent of bile. Of bile, huh? Yeah, and animals. Oh my God! How many of you guys? How many of you guys have butchered a fish and you accidentally pop the bile sack and that green, oh, yeah. yellow, nasty, bitter stuff leaks all oh. over the meat? On oh my God. Oh, my God. I just want to add one thing for Will. Uh, maybe check out Fergus Henderson's cookbooks as well for lamb fries recipes. I think he has some. I ate one of his restaurants. It was very good. And he is also a great speaker. Yeah, I've eaten 
at St. John's in London. It was one of the best meals I've ever had. The best tripe I've ever had. It was so delicious. Really? Yeah. Did wow. I ever tell you the, the problem I had with tripe growing up? No. Nope. So as I've said on the show many times, my stepfather's father and his father's father and his father's father and all their uncles, all butchers, going back for like as many generations as they can count, all butchers. My stepfather, of course, shrink, mind butcher. Uh, just kidding, people. I love it. Anyway, so the when my when my you know when when my but my, you know my grandpa's the butcher, right? Gerard's Gerard's dad comes. Gerard's like, you know what? Let's ta- let's take the old man because he'd retired like fifteen years earlier. Let's take the old man to a slaughterhouse. He'll love it. So we go to this slaughterhouse, and slaughterhouses have a particular kind of smell to them. You know what I mean? Like the blood where it's drained, the cleaning, everything has it. And so then we bought a whole bunch of tripe that had like, you know, just been like taken out. And when we ate it that night in the tomato sauce, right? So it's the, in the tomato sauce to get rid of the, yeah, it gets rid of some of the odor and all of that. And it had been cleaned and everything, but it just, something in it still remind me of the smell of the slaughterhouse. And I could not mm. remove the mental conjunction of the smell of the slaughterhouse and the tripe. And it took me years, took me years to get back on tripe. And still to this day, I don't cook it because of that. In that, in that way. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I have to just clear up something from the Red Bull for Joe. Um, Taurine was originally isolated from bull semen and is now produced synthetically. Ah, so uh, okay. Got it. I guess Wait. Some truth to Synthetic it, but... bull semen. That's a lot. That's a lot of bulls to be like. So I totally understand. The touring and Red Bull. Yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's a lot of Red Bull they're selling. Okay, the we're getting a little. We're getting a little risque here. But have you guys seen the documentaries <laughs> on how they collect the product? Let's say from bulls for uh, when they're studying them out to uh, to to raise cattle. You go inside. Oh. Like there's a, there's a person. There used to be. I don't know. And there's videos of this online. So I encourage you. There's a person who sits in a fake cow butt and is the receiver. No. I am not. They, no. They reference that in a Malcolm in the Middle in one of the episodes. I'm not making this up. Yeah. I don't know if that's still the way they do it. But some guy's like, all right, I'm ready. And they're inside of this like this like furry cow behind. And the bull like runs up to the cow behind. You know what they call that cow behind? What? Booker and Dax Oh, zing. Ooh. Oh, zing. Oh, man. That's strong. That's so good. Oh, man. Were you, you didn't go with me to Panama. Did you go with me no. to Panama? In Panama, when they wanted to get me the liquid nitrogen doer, they literally got me one from a bull semen storage unit. And it still had the bull semen storage tubes. Nasty. The drinks were good. Okay. Uh, Strong on six wrote in via Instagram. Hey, Dave. Uh, I know, uh, by the way, one more thing on synthetics. So your Red Bull may now be synthetic bull semen, which maybe is disappointing to you. Maybe it's a relief. I don't know. Uh, but a lot of people think that quinine that you get in tonic water is synthetic. It's not. And I'll tell you why. It is very expensive to make synthetic quinine. It is much easier to just chop down conchona trees and get it that way. So if that matters to you, rest at ease. Your quinine's not synthetic. Um, all right. From Strung On 6 via Instagram. Strung On 6 also sounds like some sort of like 
thing that you're buying, right? Strung on six. What is it? What, what is it? What kind of a product would strung on six be? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And before I get to that's medicinal. Medicinal? Yeah. Well, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some sort of eucalyptus is in it somehow. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it uh, alleviates the symptoms of bug bites. Oh, I could use that. I'm like I said, such a rancid mood. Oh, talk about the Lego shoes. So I will after I ask you this semi-related question. Everybody knows that Nastasia Lopez was displeased when Skittles changed their recipe and the green got changed to apple. Mm-hmm. So a couple of months ago, I'm going to try to locate a pack for you because they they're already sold. They did all lime. Yeah. So what do you think? Whoa. It's not that I love lime. It's just that when you're eating Skittles. To get lime is good, and the apple just messed up the what if, flow. What if, okay, how about, the, let me ask you this. What if John and I, mm-hmm. how many how many colors are there in Skittle? Five? I think so. Yeah, okay, maybe. what if John and I bought five, four bags of Skittles mm-hmm. and a bag of all lime, and then we removed all of the offensive apples and then reshuffled it with the all lime so that it was OG Skittles? Also, it is our anniversary this month, Dave. Oh, yeah? Eight million years? Eight million years. <laughs> That means we have to go to raise. How long have you guys been working together? The answer is always what? Too, Too long. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. All right. So, uh, oh, Legos, yeah. So, like, right next to where we shoot here at Rockefeller Center, uh, there's a Lego store, right? Mm-hmm. And so they did a, how do the kids pronounce collaboration now? Collab or collab? What are they? Collab. Collab. So Legos and uh, or Lego, I don't know how they style themselves, and Adidas, which, as we all know, the Germans used to call it Adidas, right? Until Run DMC smacked him in the face and was like, "My Adidas." Anyway, mm-hmm. so they did a collab together, where there are Lego Adidas. So Nastasia and I are like, "Awesome! If Dave can wear Dutch shoes around that are hard, then you know I, Nastasia, can wear Lego Adidas." So we go in there. And all of the boxes, there's no sizes listed on them. They don't come in sizes. You just buy a Lego Adidas. And Styles is like, yo. And we walk in and, and, and they just try to shuffle you in, like, right? Because they're like, assume that 99999 is either a tourist or you work there, mm-hmm. right? And we're like, can you wear the Adidas? And the lady was like, yes, yes, yes. And so we walk in and then we ask someone else. We're like, hey, you don't have any of them out here on the floor. They're all around the neck of this mannequin in the window. Can we get it off the mannequin in the neck? Nastasi wants to try them on. She wants to see if they fit. She's not going to buy the Lego Adidas unless they fit. And what they say to you, they like looked at you like you they had said that you can't wear them. They're not to wear. So the lady at the front totally lied mm-hmm. to us to get us in the store. And then guess what? They won because John bought something anyway. John got suckered by the lady. That's not good enough, though, John. What did I? I bought nothing. You bought? Didn't you buy something for like your brother or something no, like this? No, I bought nothing. Camper van? Didn't you buy Look a it. camper van? No. Those have a little bit of Lego on the tip. Yeah, that's, that's not, not good that's enough. not good enough. No. That's not good enough. I want like the mashup. I want Dutch shoe hard. Dutch wooden shoe hard. With like a soft sole though. Like sure. The, yeah, core. Well, the Dutch wooden shoe didn't have a soft shoe. We're going to have to glue that sucker together so that it doesn't pop apart. How embarrassing would that be? You're running to get an Uber and the entire sole pops off and you have just the top of that. Anyway, all right. Strung on six. Uh, I know reusable sous vide bags have been an elusive item, uh, but I just came across this item on Kickstarter. Let me know your thoughts. So what it is, people, is this is the craziest thing ever. Uh, and I don't know how I feel about this. If if you're the maker of it, then call us and say that you're the maker of it, and I'll talk to you about it. But 
It's a little mini vacuum pump that uses the USB power from your iPhone. Now, your iPhone, I don't think, has enough power to suck a decent vacuum. So you have pictures of these people like pulling their iPhone out of their pocket and being like, trying to suck a vacuum on on like food. So like, you know, for someone like like Nastasi and I, like, I mean, I could imagine once in my life being at a restaurant and someone would be like, if I could only suck a vacuum. And then you pull out your iPhone and we're like, <laughs> but I just feel like, you know, at home, most of the time you have a plug, you know, or like, you know, you want something more powerful, even like I have a cordless blower. I actually have a cordless like little vacuum that wearing makes for sucking a vacuum, but it like charges via USB and it's big enough to have the power. So I'm a little... I'm a, what's the word? I'm skeptical. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nastasia, how much would you, what would you do to me if I actually pulled something out of no. the red? Oh, my God. Well, the thing is, is that it's not, it's like we rarely get to go out, you know? And so we try not to go places where we know people because then they suck your time. And yeah. so that's why. Well, you just don't want to be embarrassed either. No, I, no. Eh? No, I don't care about that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Well, my favorite Nastasia moment at the now defunct box was when I we were getting reopened. forced out. Oh, it's reopened? I don't know. And Nastasia, as we're being escorted out, they stopped I us. hate this place! They I stopped us from once. dancing. I don't know why. I don't we're, know why. We're not cool enough, man. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, wow. All right. Uh, it's 2 a.m. via Instagram. Hey, I'm curious to know if freezing the rehydrated onion and garlic in your everything bagel seasoning would prevent slash reduce burning. I imagine this will also make them easier to incorporate into your seasoning mix. Hope you're having a good day. Well, I'm not, but it's not your fault. Um, I don't know. I could try it sometime. I stopped thinking about that problem and just started omitting it from the from my bagels, but I'll think about it. I just had to think about, what are you guys' feelings on small bagels, union bagel size, the three-ounce bagel? The mini bagel? <sighs> well, it's not a mini bagel. It's the original bagel. Oh. The, the the bagel that we all eat is the is the nineteen seventies like largified bagel. The original bagel was a three ounce. It was a union bagel. You couldn't just make bagels. You had to be a part of the bagel makers union. And in order to become a part of the bagel makers union, you had to have relatives in the bagel makers union. It was like a thing. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, and it was all like most of it was concentrated like down near where I live on Hester, like by Hester and, and Rivington downtown. It was like a real thing. Um, wow. Yeah. Look for the Union Bagel. What do you think about that small bagel size? Is it like similar size to like a the, Jerusalem bagel? I've never been to Jerusalem. They're much thinner and smaller. Hmm. But not uh, like... Dave, is this like the, if you got like a pack of like Thomas bagels or something like that size? Uh, lenders? Well, I will, yeah, lenders. Lenders size. I will Lend- never yeah, buy sure, a sure. Thomas's bagel. Hi, who made your bagel? The Thomas's Corporation. No, thanks. That's like uh, <laughs> yesterday I saw at Trader Joe's and I put it on my Twitter. Uh, Trader Joe's made a pretzel bagel that A, was not fully pretzel. It was like this like light brown color. So they didn't use enough uh, base in whatever they were boiling it in. And B, didn't boil it enough. They just looked like wrinkled pieces of roll bread in a bagel shape. God, people, why can't you learn what a bagel is? It's not the water, people. Anyone can make a New York bagel. All you need to do is follow the recipe. It's low hydration. You you, you boil the sucker and and you make it. You eat it. You know what I mean? Don't you hate a bad bagel? Yes. Hate a bad oh, yeah. bagel. What was it that de Blasio, not, not to talk 
more crap about him. But what, what, what do you say his favorite bagel was? We talked about this yesterday. Wasn't it whole wheat with extra cream cheese? <laughs> toasted. Oh, whole wheat. Toasted extra cream toasted cheese. Toasted extra cream cheese. Yeah. Clown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, was, what was Cynthia Nixon's was like a cinnamon raisin with locks and uh, it was like something oof. insane. You know what, though? It's like I've never liked cinnamon raisin, but I know plenty of people from New York who actually like cinnamon raisin bagels. I like them. Yeah? Mm-hmm. With cream cheese? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Do you know, interesting maybe fact, that the everything bagel is a relatively recent invention, that it was not popularized until the 80s? Did you know Whoa. this? So a guy, I forget his name, Gussin or something in Queens, claimed to have invented the uh, everything bagel in 1980 at, at a place in Queens when he was working there at a summer job. His story, and these stories are never true, by the way. His story was that I was sweeping all the seeds and stuff out of the oven at the end. I, uh, I put them all in a bucket. I was like, yo, you can make new bagels with this. We'll call them everything bagels. Right? That's his story. But... I hope, I hope still friend of the show, Seth Godin, which by the way, we need to have him on for this reason, not just this thing I'm about to say, but remember, for those of you that listened back on the old network, we had Seth on and he says that he knows the person ready for it, who invented Fudgy the Whale. Oh yeah. What? Carvel? Yeah. Wow. Carvel ice cream. Yeah. Anyway, so like Fudgy the Whale, for those of you that have ever- like spend appreciable time as a child in New York or the area, you got your cookie puss and you got your fudgy the whale. And if you got those, you knew that your parents loved you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, they do love me. They got me fudgy or they got me. I never got fudgy. Yes, you did. You you got it for your 40th. I meant when I was growing up, Mm. they loved me, but I did not get it growing up. We would get Carvel though. I love Carvel. Yeah, we did Carvel crazy. Yeah. I mean, Carvel, I love Carvel. But so like, Anyway, Seth claims to know the person who invented Fudgy the Whale. And then he was quoted in the articles I was reading on the Everything Bagel as saying, no offense to Mr. Gusson. However, I was working at a bagel shop in 1977, three years prior to Mr. Gusson's claimed invention of the Everything Bagel and was making Everything Bagels. So I think we need to have Seth on to talk about this. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Stas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can try. All right. Uh, Kevin Stadmeyer wrote in via Instagram. Uh, man, this is old school. Oh, yeah, yeah. They just have it hasn't caught up yet because they're still calling out uh, indie rock, uh, indie Jesus. Still mm-hmm. calling out indie Jesus. Wow, um, yeah. awesome. Hey, Nastasia, Dave, maybe Jack. So you're back in the picture, Jack, which is nice. Carlos and, in, and indie Jesus. Wow, uh, Carlos. Yeah. Shout out to Carlos. Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. For those of you that haven't listened to the old uh, episodes. There was um, there was a couple of servers at Roberta's who had very specific looks. So one of them was was Indie Jesus. So he was um, um, he was if some if Jesus Christ was alive today and an indie rocker with a little bit of like you know the eyelids at half mast because he just can't deal with the situation around him because we you know we just aren't following his teachings enough. Like that was the server at the thing. And so we're sitting in uh, the Roberta's fishbowl one day and Stas goes, check it out, Indie Jesus. And yeah. then like that was but it. And then it was the other one. 
Well, what do we end up calling? So there was a guy. Hitler's who, little. <laughs> no, it was Santa's little helper. No, it was Hitler's little helper because he's got the. He looked like a combination Santa's elf and Hitler youth. Like that was his yeah. outfit vibe. That was what it. That was what it was. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we gotta go date the North so, Pole, like like a Berlin club at the North Pole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like real specific. So anyway, uh, I recently discovered cooking issues because I'm an idiot. Being that you discovered it, or that you haven't discovered it earlier, I'm gonna go with the former that you're an idiot because you have discovered it. Uh, but it's basically right up my alley. I'm working my way through all the past issues and have listened to episode uh, 54. Well, you got a long way to go, my friend. Uh, yeah, wow. And Dave made a series of 10 years predictions. That episode aired a little less than 10 years ago, and I thought you uh, would be pleased Whoa. to be reminded that the 10-year prediction that circulators become much cheaper and more ubiquitous seems to have come true. Eh, well, I know something. Uh, if only we can make money off what I know, right, Stas? Yeah. Uh, nice work predicting the future. Because I'm 10 years behind, if you talk about this on air, I'll hear it sometime next year. Keep on being awesome. Also, that's why I don't know if uh, the others in the salutation are still involved. Stas. Mm, eh, nice. Wow. Uh, all right. That's it, like a time so, capsule. That is it, what? Dave. All that right. So we have uh, we have some more Instagram. We have a lot more wow. Instagram questions. Damn, we have more questions. That's crazy. <sighs> Next week, we have special guests on. Wait, so we're not going to get to So when are we going to do something to just take care of? But they're not uh, Patreon, so we can't even do it on a Patreon thing. Mm. Nope. We'll just have to stop going on tangents. But without the tangents, it won't be <gasps> a cookie.